Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, June 20th, 2022. Today on the Ether, White Whale and their future in the interchain. Hosted by Tendermint Timmy. Let's take a listen. We'll jump in with a quick little intro here, just as people start trickling in. Um, we'll save all the good stuff. Uh, but thanks everyone for joining us. Um, my, many of you might be familiar, especially if you're a frequenter of my Wednesday spaces or if you just played around in the Terra ecosystem um, of a protocol that was over there called White Whale. Um, they were doing some pretty cool things. Um, I was kind of like trying to keep an eye on them before they even launched just because their kind of concepts alone really interest me. It was like arbitrage through flash loans, uh, among other things. And they're still sort of keeping the spirit of that idea, but post-Terra fallout, um, they're looking to expand into the rest of the cosmos. And with that is going to obviously come sort of a lot more services and possibilities. And so I'm pleased to be joined by Sencom today and hopefully uh, Sebastian at some point here. And I'm going to give them the pleasure of getting into all the details, but uh, thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks for having us, Timmy. Absolutely. Um, is did Sebastian <laughs> intend to do most of the talking? Is he like trying to get up here? Um, I I have no idea. Um, let me just check. Okay. You and I can start if we'd like. I just don't want to necessarily go without. Yeah, that. we can just start. Okay, cool. Let me just uh, shoot him a message. Yep. All right. Awesome. So, um, thanks for the kind introduction. Um, we were indeed a Terra protocol that was dedicated to protecting the pack. I know that's kind of funny because it didn't work. Um, but nevertheless, um, the spirit isn't broken, and we intend to um, continue developing in the cosmos. So while everything went up in flames, we, um, you know, instead of doing vacations, we sat down at the table and designed a completely new business model around what we think are currently major problems in the ecosystem that we're trying to solve. And uh, we haven't updated our light paper yet. Um, we'll do so in the in the next. Um, next weeks but i think timmy um already pinned a couple of informations that we um, released so if you're interested um, you can take a look there so what yeah sh shall i just start what about what we're doing yeah absolutely i was gonna say we can start wherever you'd like but uh if if we want somewhere we could start with those resources pinned up top and kind of walk through them um or maybe you want to start more with uh Maybe I think a good intro might just be sort of maybe recap um, 
or from your perspective, I kind of touched on it a little, um, what you're seeing as sort of this new move to Cosmos. So uh, we kind of have a basic understanding, I think most people of what you guys did on Terra. So next step is coming to Cosmos. And so let's maybe start there and we can do that with either the documentation up top or just uh, off, off the top of your head, whatever feels best. But what is changing? What is being added? How is uh, the vision different, the same, et cetera, um, now, that, now that we're looking at the rest of the Cosmos without a specific peg to defend? Yeah, a lot of things change because there is no peg to defend, at least in the sense that wars on, on Terra. Um, but our, our vision stayed pretty much unchanged. Our vision, vision was always to enforce decentralization and protect and stabilize markets. On Terra, we were, you know, this local protocol and the market and the economy on Terra was UST. So we were trying to protect that. Um, but now um, we took the opportunity, basically, of the Terra crash to uh, think bigger and not only bring stability to Terra only, but to the whole Cosmos ecosystem. So on Terra, we, um, we, had fl we pioneered flash loans. We were the first to have flash loans live on mainnet for I think the last four months, um, still nobody has them. Um, so they, they will stay part of the new protocol, of course. And besides that, um, we'll be launching a couple of other things, but the major point of our new protocol is that we're not bounded to a single chain anymore. Of course, we'll have to be, there have to be some kind of, um, place for the contracts to live. Ah, I think Sebastian is here, the founder and CEO. Yes. But I'll just continue my thoughts here. So um, we use the Terra crash to think, rethink our business while keeping the vision. So um, we sat down at the table and came up with a couple of major problems that we were trying to solve. Um, just to give you an example, right now, I think there are around 40 chains in the Cosmos ecosystem. Around half a dozen dozen are DEXs. And if we um, believe in the Cosmos ecosystem, um, we can assume that these numbers are likely to increase in time. And after all, Tendermint, the guys who pretty much founded this space, um, these guys envision a future of a million blockchains. So there will be a lot of blockchains. And Managing liquidity on an ever-increasing number of chains is a quite tiresome and burdensome task. You know, Kava, JunoSwap, Osmosis, Crescent, Kujira, and so on. Um, imagine there was a way, um, or there was a single point of entry for liquidity in the whole Cosmos ecosystem. So that that basically a system where you can put in your liquidity and that balances the liquidity in the interchain wherever it's needed most um, that's what we're going to do among other things um, you'll be able to deposit your liquidity and the system will determine all right some of it will go to terra some to juno some to osmosis and whatever chains we will see in the future and it will manage that based on demand based on volume so you're getting most of most out of your deposits also, you will be able to do some kind of aggregated. We, so on top of the system, we, we will build some kind of an aggregator that allows you to split your, your swap transactions towards all the chains that are part of our system. So instead of just 
going to osmosis and tapping into one well of liquidity, you'll be able to tap into basically all wells of liquidity in the whole ecosystem. So that's one major point we're trying to solve. Um, and has anyone... It's, it's, yeah? it's a little bit like you're just expanding the kind of idea and helpful uh, side of arbitrage to not just prices, but liquidity. That's kind of exactly. Think about it, right? Yeah, the exactly. balance. I'd like to think of it like, if, if I want to give an analogy or metaphor, um, think of it like a, a flow of liquidity. That's why we didn't say we have, I don't know, an interchain DEX or interchain flash loans or whatever. We called it interchain liquidity because think of it like there, um, there are bridges connecting Terra, Juno, Osmosis, Crescent, Secret, and so on. And liquidity flows freely between them wherever it's needed. You know, if there's a high demand on one chain, liquidity from the other chains flows there. That's a, a way you can you can think of it. And that's awesome. And so we uh, we touched on it earlier, but I just realized. So, flash loans um, are those still going to be a part of the equation? Yes. In the new model. The, so yes, I know. Are... I, I want to jump in real quick because I actually know at least two different people that take uh, most of my spaces and the recordings that TerraSpaces does, shout out TerraSpaces, um, and converts them to other languages um, for people that are like very new and can't get these resources elsewhere. So I actually real quick want to go over like what flash loans are because I don't think everyone is necessarily familiar. Um, you, you might be better equipped to do that. I'll give a quick summation and you can correct any or add any points as needed. But it's the idea of taking out a loan with no needed collateral because you are repaying the loan in the same block that it is being taken. Um, meaning in one single block in the blockchain, so a block contains many transactions, you would do something like uh, the, the first example I heard that was pretty easy to wrap my head around, just take any major DEXs anywhere, Cosmos, ETH, doesn't matter. You take out a loan of, let's say, $1,000 uh, of the stablecoin, and you buy a token on one DEX where it's cheaper, sell it on another where it's more expensive. You now have more stablecoin than you borrowed. You return that stablecoin, keep the difference, keep, yeah, you return your initial borrowed amount, and all four of those steps are just done in one block, in one like combined transaction so that you don't actually need to post any collateral for the loan necessarily uh, because the transaction will just fail if it doesn't repay itself, like the entire thing. Uh, I might have butchered that a bit, but I, I, that was an example that helped me get my head around it. Um, yeah, did I do that justice? Maybe, maybe you want to jump in. A perfectly fine explanation. Well, let me, let, let, me, uh, let me add something in there. And uh, hey, guys, um, I'm Sebastian. I'm, I'm the founder of White Whale. I uh, had, a, had a little bit of technical difficulty joining, but finally sorted it out. So um, your, your summation was correct apart from one detail. A flash loan is not um, a loan that's borrowed and repaid in the same block. A flash loan is borrowed and repaid in the same transaction. It's in a single, it's in one single transaction. So it's atomic. Okay. You could do a lot of manipulating if a, a loan was borrowed and repaid in six, in say a six second block um, and in different transactions. 
Um, the flash loan is actually borrowed all of the arbitrage or whatever you want to do with it or the liquidation or whatever you want to do with it is done and then it's repaid and in our in our infrastructure the way we built it along with the fee so it's paid back plus a fee and that's all done in one in one single transaction not a block so just to clarify okay yeah that's actually that that that's pretty major so good jumping in there yeah cool so, okay, I just wanted to touch on that because I know that flash loans are not actually like the most common and like understood thing. So um, yeah. just so as we go forward, everyone can be on the same page. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, Sencom, I don't know if you had something you wanted to, you wanted to chime in on the flash loans. Um, not, nothing specific. We can go on. I can talk, touch this topic later if you need to. Cool. I guess... Um, might be good for people as well if you guys want to each just like touch on your sort of roles and specialties um like within it like what what parts do you play obviously Sebastian you're the founder um but yeah are you got like Sen are you a major dev or yeah um and and just as far as the flash loan goes um you know let me just go go back there just for a minute yeah, for sure. um, so so yeah so we pioneered flash loans on Terra Right. Um, we, you know, we did, we um, developed them, deployed them, got them audited, you know, for the few months or so that they were running, there wasn't any incidences or exploits or anything like that. Um, you know, we know that there have been several on Ethereum and um, you want to move forward very cautiously with flash loans because you're allowing people to to draw funds, right? Significant funds from a pool. And, um, you know, if there's a way to exploit them there, you know, someone will figure out how to, right? Um, however, they're, they're a very powerful tool, right? Flash loans are a very powerful tool when it comes to capital efficiency, you know, um, what what we the lessons we took from rv1 and from terra and the crash of terra right we we developed this arbitrage platform and our mission was always to take arbitrage which is something that's complex you know it has a high barrier of entry right it's limited to whales you either need the technical skills or the big the, the large amounts of capital right um or all these things um to be able to do arbitrage it's very limited in, in who can do it and typically even now you see there's there's a few big players that are doing it in the dark right they're we, they're doing it in the dark and we saw this on terra we saw you know big arbors that were you know capturing all this money um in in the dark and and didn't want to be seen right and we were you know our mission was to build this open source in the light protocol that that made arbitrage easy for the retail investor right that gave access to these profits these these delta neutral riskless profits um you know to the everyday retail average joe right and that that was always the ethos and we tried you know and and we learned a lot of things in terra b1 we learned a lot of things in the collapse right so moving forward our our overall mission our overall and by the way this is my introduction as a founder i'm going to give you the abstract right um you know our our goal is to give every not just Terra, everyone in the ibc the tools 
um, to do arbitrage, right? So, you know, by providing these bot first pools, as we're calling them on several chains, on Juno, on Terra, on Secret, on wherever, um, it, you know, we're creating local ARB opportunities, okay? So so right now on Juno, there's only one DEX, right? Well, you need other, you need more, you need at least two pools if you're going to ARB because you ARB them against each other. You need, you know, arbitrage is basically trading the same asset in two different places or more um, and profiting off the spread, right? So, so by definition, you need two places to trade, okay? So um, buy us, and, and you can't do an atomic ARB across chains in the IBC, right? That's the way it's designed. You, you can't do it. You never will be able to do it. So you need local arbitrage opportunities, right? So we're creating these pools um, on, and, and deploying them on multiple chains to create these local ARB opportunities for ARBers right then we're deploying the flash loan vaults where you, where you could you could call a flash loan so you don't need the capital right you could basically take capital from our flash loan vaults um and then we eventually want to open source and deploy um like generic bots right like actual bots um that that are as plug and play as can be so then essentially we've you know we've given retail we've given everybody all the tools that they need to go and arbitrage any niche or any nuance of the ibc that they could find because there's too much for us to do it in-house right we don't want to be we don't want to be private arbitragers we want to sort of create the infrastructure um you know and give you know provide the tools uh for everybody to for everybody to go and arb what they want and then you know we'll take a little fee every time right we'll take fees here and there we'll earn swap fees we'll earn flash loan fees and that'll all accrue accrue to the whale token right so so that's what that's what v2 is in in a nutshell that was a beautiful summation um yeah i think i think what would be awesome though real quick is if we want to kind of go or for anyone who was maybe already doing this good on you but if we want to go through that again while um directing people to the image that we have pinned above just the the lone image with the eyes emoji um i think pretty much everything you just went through is sort of reflected in this sort of flow chart that you guys made right so you can see kind of the third lower tier where we have these two separate liquidity hubs those are the hubs on two separate chains that you were talking about right right yeah so i'll actually let i'll let sencom walk you through the chart he's he, he would be more suited to, to do that than i okay cool i think yeah i think um i just i know i realized i was following along as you said yep. that um yep. and yeah, some people may not have been but that that's perfectly sort of reflected up there visually so yeah, Sen, I don't, I don't know if Sen's, if Sen wants to jump All right, in. yeah, I'm happy to start. Cool. Um, so there are um, three components in the system. Um, the liquidity hubs, as Sebastian already mentioned, and I covered this earlier too a little bit, they are what we deploy on various chains. And we will start off with Juno and Terra. And... On each of these liquidity hubs, there will be two major components. One is what we call the vault network, which will contain single asset vaults where you can call flash loans. So there will be an Atom vault, there will be a Juno vault, and so on. And then um, arbitrage bots and liquidations can go to these vaults, maybe on Juno or on Terra, or for the, in the future, whatever chain. 
And they can call these flash loans through capital efficient market making, such as arbitrage or liquidations. The next um, part of this liquidity of these liquidity hubs are the the pool network, or you could call it, um, you know, a DEX if you want to, but we don't want to. So you have these AMM pools, and these um, AMM pools, they on the one hand they create arbitrage opportunities between, for example, JunoSwap and our own system, but they also, and this is the really the interesting part of the of the protocol, they create entry points liquidity into the respective systems so and this is a little bit complicated and um i think this, i think good yeah. so far yeah until the respective system meaning that local liquidity hub right um with respect or, to system i mean the whole ecosystem on that chain for example you have yeah. terra with terra swap um, yeah so um, multiple Astroport. different dexes yeah. and amms but uh yeah. right the one liquidity hub meaning all things across one chain. Exactly. So these liquidity apps, yep. they will be, they will come from us. We will deploy pools. We will deploy vaults, and they will live alongside, you know, TerraSwap, JunoSwap, um, whatever is on that um, specific chain we deploy them on. And um, so, so far, nothing too special. Just a couple of, you know, AMM pools, a DEX, and a couple of flash loan vaults. But now, the real magic. Um, happens in what we call the interchain command. And there will only be one um, one command center, basically. And this will do a couple of very interesting things. Um, one thing, and I already covered that, is it will give the end users, um, for example, you guys, will give you a single point of entry into all liquidity or liquidity on basically all the chains we deploy our system on. So you, you don't go to Juno and deposit your um, your liquidity into um, the liquidity hub on Juno. Instead, you go to the interchain command, and that distributes your liquidity wherever it's needed. And so this is where the, this analogy with the liquidity flow comes from. And then the real um, heart of the protocol is the price stabilizer, because we have designed an a mechanism, a system that is open and um, secure that allows us to, under the utilization of these liquidity hubs we have deployed on various chains, to manipulate prices and manipulate prices in the sense that we align them. So I don't know if you guys have um, checked out ZifChain or Crescent. They have these you know, nice little numbers that are sometimes green, sometimes um, red, that show you the price difference between what's on this local chain and ideally that should be close to zero um, that would be an efficient market but more often than not uh, it isn't so we have designed a, a price stabilization mechanism that allows us to align the prices on every chain that we connect our our system to and this is what these liquidity hubs are basically for they're entry points for our liquidity and thus allow flow of liquidity and prices to um, wherever it's needed and to balance the prices. That's pretty much our goal. Yes. And there's a lot to cover here, um, but that's pretty much the vision of it. And then on top of this, we'll build some kind of DEX aggregator that allows you to split your, um, split your um, transactions into multiple and get the best prices. And a lot of minor things we will do on the side too.
that's yeah. pretty much the essence. So, yeah. yeah, so if I could just comment on, on you know, what Sam was saying, and I, I think he, he explained it well, but it, it is a lot. It's a lot to get your brain around, right? It, it took us team a while to wrap our heads around this but if you think about the problem that we're we're trying to solve right it's it's basically um fractured liquidity across the ibc right um so you know if you if you think about the ibc now uh, right with dozens of of chains and where it's going with hundreds of chains okay um that means dozens and hundreds of dexes right um arbitrage is very important in DeFi because it smooths out markets and it makes markets more efficient and it, it stabilizes prices. So if you have these dozens and eventually hundreds of DEXs across the IBC, you want the markets to be efficient. You want um, you know prices to be stable. You don't want one asset trading for you know $20 on one chain and then $40 on another, right? So um, so that's that's the problem that we're tackling is you know um dexes fracture dexes spread out across the entire ibc we are building sort of this waterway system this aqueduct infrastructure if you will that that sort of distributes and controls the flow you deposit in one place you lp in one place and we distribute and control the flow of liquidity in order to balance and stabilize its prices across the entire ibc that's the that's the macro vision of of the protocol that's awesome yeah i think yeah it's obviously a lot to wrap your head around um i think that'll come with time probably um a flushed out white paper more discussion more spaces but yeah. i think the idea idea is pretty pretty clear it's um it fits well within the sort of realm of thinking that a lot of cosmonauts have been in for the past couple months of like how to start doing stuff interchain um interchain accounts now being a thing um so it, it does sort of make sense it's it's finding a way to do the multiple helpful things both arbitraging of prices and sort of evening of liquidity um across multiple chains by a sort of like a hub system. I think the way you guys have titled it is perfect. Like they're hubs and then you have the command center. I think the names are all uh, aptly chosen. Yeah. Um, I think as an end user, um, I'd have, I think, a few questions at this point. One of which I can answer, um, just because I like the analogy we came up with, like when you and I were talking the other day, which is just the, the bots that you mentioned, kind of how those will work. And um I think we agreed like a kind of a good analogy is like the KuCoin bots where you have these templates and trading things, but you're also able to tweak and customize them and sort of put your own strategy into play while taking advantage of a very stable like, infrastructure and low level kind of bot script yep. that you wouldn't be able to do on your own. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. So again, we, we want to, we want to make arbitrage easy to use and sort of, um, you know, kind of distill it down to this user-friendly process where you do not have to be a coder or 
you know, a bot magician, right. To, to be able to arbitrage and to be able to do these things. So KuCoin is kind of an exchange that does that. And you brought that up and I think that's fair. Um, you know, and we, we, you know, eventually, and again, we need to build this, this infrastructure first, this, this aqueduct, you know, waterway system first, but, um, on the bot end of it, you know, I, I foresee eventually, um, sort of like a decentralized um, system like KuCoin, where we have, you know, we have front ends built for these bots, um, you know, generic bots that that we upload or other teams, you know, other teams take our bots or build bots um, and, and build their own front ends, right? And, and it's plug and play. So basically, you could just um put in two pools right input two pool addresses and then you're you're our and then you're calling our flash loans right utilizing our our bots um our bot code and you're arbing those two pools some you know some far off niche in the ibc that maybe isn't as crowded as other pools and and but it's you know you like the project and you want to arb that project because you see opportunity there right um so you know we we want to we want to get there eventually where it's um you know it's sort of this plug and play bot game that that pretty much anybody can take advantage of awesome cool okay so yeah that, that's back, probably i think yeah go, go ahead son just wanted to tell you that i'm back internet oh. connections is is fixed yeah, no worries. Glad to have you back. Um, yeah, I think that's the part end users might be kind of most excited to play around with kind of on the fun side of things. That's always really cool to let people who don't usually know how to like code bots and such feel like a power user with those sort of strategies um, in any capacity, let alone using such kind of cool uh, tech as like flash loans and this multi-chain approach. So Super cool. Um, I think another next question that I would probably have as an end user, and I do have sort of still a little bit, and I think because this might be a two-part answer, because I know you guys are kind of going to be doing uh, the release of this entire V2 in like stages. So uh, when I want to deposit into this system, um, doing it through your command center versus on like a local chain, like was mentioned earlier, and uh, yeah, I, I know we talked a little bit before about how maybe the command center will come after the local chains. So what is the sort of difference in depositing and interacting with, uh, yeah, your command center versus the sort of liquidity hubs on uh, independent chains? Happy to take that question. Um, on the technical side, there's a huge difference, but for you, the user, there won't be a single there won't be a difference. Um, there will be, even though the command center will live only at in one place, basically, um, there will be entry points on all the chains. So you can go to, you can have funds on Terra and interact with the interchain from Terra, even though it, it uh, might not necessarily live on Terra. Same for Juno. So as a user, you won't feel the difference between I deposit funds into Juno swap or I deposit funds into this interchain system. There will be no difference for you. Awesome. And so what about, maybe I even misunderstood the other day, I'm not sure, but at launch or like the, the first phase of, of this White Whale V2, uh, it's going to just be the local liquidity hubs, right? And then the command center will come later? Or did I maybe misunderstand? No, you're fully correct. So 
Um, we haven't released our technical roadmap just yet, but I, I can tell you a couple of details. So we will start with the liquidity hubs first on Terra and Juno, and they will feature the flash loan vaults on both chains and the, um, and the pools. We'll start off, out with a um, small selection of um, pairs and vaults. And, but they are not connected yet. The, those will be two separate, um, basically, entities, and you'll have to deposit liquidity into A or B or both, but you cannot do it all at the same time like we envision in the future. So we'll start off with two disconnected liquidity hubs. Once we got that sorted out, we will start with this interchain command center by creating this liquidity bridge between Terra and Juno, where liquidity can flow freely to where it's needed most. And this is the point where for the end user, you won't need to uh, manage your liquidity on either chain. This is done by the interchain. And then once we got that sorted out, we will start with the, with the DEX aggregator that ag or splits your, your swaps to um, both chains. And lastly, the heart of the whole system, the price stabilizer that will utilize this liquidity bridge we, we just created. And then, you know, long term, we will um, maybe create or most likely create our own chain, run our own relayers, and um, expand, of course, um, to more chains, Secret, Sif Chain, Osmosis, Crescent, Kava, and whatever comes up. Awesome. Cool. That's, that's definitely the way to do it because you want to remove any barriers of entry or kind of complication for people and if, if it's as easy on the end user no matter where they do it and it feels seamless that's the that's the perfect example of like a beautiful ux experience so um awesome so next thing i would kind of be wondering is what like so what you guys are doing i think if people are up to uh, up to speed and kind of understanding everything so far is amazingly beneficial for the interchain and and kind of everything but people are obviously even great people myself are greedy in that you have to think about yourself so one of the questions that would come up is what happens with rewards you're depositing into various different liquidity pools that may have various different uh, you know, yield farming techniques, however they might deposit rewards. How do those sort of get distributed? In the Terra model, it was pretty simple. It was the base anchor yield plus any money made off of Arbing. Uh, but things get a bit more complicated here. So that would probably be the next question I'd have as an end user thinking about um, using this service when it launches. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll take that. So. Um... So, so basically, it's pretty simple, right? And we don't we don't need to reinvent the wheel here, right? Our the protocol is going to be generating fees a couple ways um, that that we could foresee right now. One would be the swap fees from the pools, right? So that would work just like any other decks, right? But we do we do want to be careful. We're you know we're this is not we're not just launching dexes on a bunch of chains, right? These are we're calling them bot first pools. Um, these are these are for arbitrage um we're focusing on uh you know the high volume high liquidity pools that the, where all the arbitrage is the the assets that are, that are going to be traded um across chains right so the native assets the atoms the lunas the junos um those type of tokens but anyways you know all of those all of those pools 
everywhere are going to be creating are, are going to be generating swap fees, right? Just like any other DEX does, just like TerraSwap does or Astroport or Osmosis, those are all going to be generating swap fees, right? So, um, you know, there's a distribution model that works pretty well. That's, you know, kind of the, the default that's been adopted and the swap fee levels, right? There's there's kind of consensus around that. Basically, you know, a portion of it, go, a portion of the swap fee goes to the LPers and some goes to the whale stakers right some goes to the governance stakers then we'll also have the flash loan vaults right those will also be generating fees um you know as for per, per every flash loan now the flash loan vaults you know another point on those is that when we talk about fractionalized um or fractured liquidity across the ibc think about how inefficient it would be for an arbor for a professional arbor right to arb across the ibc as it is now basically you need capital you need to park capital across every single chain so it's there ready ready for the arb because if you have to send it there first and execute the arb you're not going to win the arb right so for for somebody who wants let's say you have you have a, an arbitrage operation which we saw several parties that did on on terra you know you would basically it's it's very capital inefficient because you have to park capital everywhere that you want to arb right so now with our flash loan vaults deployed on all of these chains which and we'll probably put limits on them deposit limits um just so they're they're not you know just so they're not too huge where they they attract you know where people are trying to exploit them and you know we kind of manage the the size and liquidity on them but we have these arbitrage we have these um flash loan vaults all over the ibc now arbors they don't need to park their own capital everywhere they just call the flash loans right so we are we are expecting and by the way i think this will take some time to adopt um you know on ethereum flash loans are huge there's billions billions of volume and liquidity on flash loans every year um but but it'll take some time to adopt however we want the arbors to to call on our flash loans right so that means those are generating fees as well so you have your swap fees you have your flash loan fees all of those um you know will be and across all these chains all of those will be funneled you know to the whale token right in the form of rewards okay now the spe specifics we're still we're still working out but that's the general idea right now you you also will have right there will be lp incentives just like any other deck so we will be um we will be incentivizing certain pools certain of our pools to, to generate liquidity and to bootstrap liquidity but you know looking forward right um we can also see this turning into uh, you know uh the the sort of convex right astroport astro war type of thing where um you know people are buying our governance tokens so they can direct liquidity um to their chain right to their protocol right so they could direct their lp incentives and rewards to get deeper liquidity um across the ibc right so um so those are a few different those are a few different ways where they're that that are going to generate value so one question i have on that last bit yeah is like um maybe maybe you meant to say like projects or tokens but you said sort of deeper liquidity you know on certain directed the convex example like directing to certain places 
doesn't that in a way contradict the, the overall goal of evening out liquidity and not concentrating it in certain places or am I misunderstanding something? Well, yeah. So I think you, you need to separate um, the depth of liquidity, right. And, and, mm-hmm. the, and price stability, right. Um, Cause you know, if, if, if certain, protocols or even l1s want deeper they want deeper liquidity and stable prices then then they would want incentives going to their pool right so it's not just the it, you know the price stability is one thing right which is that the that's that's sort of the um you know the point of designing the interchain of the interchain hub and stabilizing crisis uh, stabilizing prices across the ibc but the depth of liquidity is another thing you know it's, it's okay. another it's another issue and sencom i don't know if you wanted to if you wanted to speak on that yeah sen i want you to jump in but real quick i just want to shout out for everyone else feel free to my dms are open feel free to shoot me any questions you have for these guys if they're miscellaneous we'll get to them at the end but we can also work them in if they're kind of on topic with whatever we're talking about at the moment so feel free to shoot me any questions but go ahead son um yeah what sebastian was saying was right i just want to add to that that there are a lot of different actors in the whole ecosystem that um, are incentivized to interact with our our um, our protocol you know there are the bots or the guys who run bots for that matter they want capital efficiencies they might even want to use open source bots so we give we give them both because we already have it then there's the end user Um, he wants to have good prices he can use dex aggregation swaps he wants to not manage his liquidity on a dozen chains. He can use our interchain command, which takes care of um, the liquidity flow for him. And then there's also um, the the L, so the chains themselves, who are incentivized to have us deploy our liquidity hubs on their system. Because um, once this initial version between Terra and Juno is, is set with price stabilization and liquidity flow, um, these two chains will have close to perfect prices always that's guaranteed by the price stabilization mechanism and so there is a strong incentive for say um, ziff chain to become part of the system because then they have the guarantee that their little small numbers that i just mentioned earlier they get close to zero not too not too high not too low always balanced between the interchain so there's um, this kind of incentives um, these kind of incentives and that's what sebastian was talking about with the whale wars basically these things have to go through government governments and if you want to become part of the system um there will be a vote for this um same with tokens um or specifically stable coins think about you have a stable coin and i know there are a lot of in development right now you want to make sure that the prices of your coin or your stable coin are always um exactly where it should be you know stable and our system can very much help with that by having entry points to all um to all systems or all chains and thus stabilizing the prices so there are a lot of that benefit from the system awesome cool um that was a really good answer seb do you want to sebastian you want to add anything before we move to the next one or good no no i think that he you know i think he covered that pretty well cool 
Uh, real quick, even I, I want to say, like, I know sometimes it can get kind of tired, uh, especially in bear markets, people feeling like kind of fishing for silver linings. But I wholeheartedly feel that uh, you guys and the Kujira team have both sort of taken the interchain um, part of the cosmos and like really ran with it since the Terra collapse. And as awful as all that was, it's like amazing to see you guys not only continuing your vision elsewhere in the cosmos, but in a new and expanded cross-chain way. Like it's, it's very cool. Um, so I guess huge applause to you guys, but moving on, uh, in that same vein, I guess this one fits pretty well. So this might be actually a fairly simple answer. Um, but what happens if chains halt or if even individual DEXs uh, within your aggregation network uh, halt or have problems, things like that? So that might be a kind of a tricky nuanced answer. I know there's a lot to it, but let's stick with maybe the big ones. So if if a chain were to be halted or compromised or 51% attacked, let's say down the road when you have kind of many chains, maybe some smaller ones, how does the system sort of deal with that? I'm happy to take this, Sebastian, if you're okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yes, so it's a very valid point that is raised there. Uh, thank you very much. Um, what it comes down to is essentially a question of risk management um if funds are on one chain so you have to think this liquidity flow between the chains it's a flow but the chains or the, the funds actually live on that chain for in a specific um point in time so if the chain or if a chain just goes down from one block to the next the funds that are on that chain they are there they are on that chain we can't do anything about this um this is why um we will do our due diligence and be extra careful where we deploy our liquidity hubs on because if it's just some random whatever chain, um, we don't want, want to move funds there. I guess um, I should actually expand the question a tiny bit because it doesn't necessarily need to be so, so negative and doom and gloom. Even just, let's say, deviating upgrade paths in the future where some chains may opt for a different version of Cosmosm or whatever it might be just sort of as incompatibilities grow whether they're chain halts or, or things similar um mm -hmm. and i guess mm -hmm. sort of like actually right wrapped into that question um networks like uh, secret that are like built a little bit differently and uh mm -hmm. i know i actually don't know is new terra similar to a v1 in yes that it's it is like different version no no, of no it's it's updated it's updated oh okay okay cool so not a problem there um, um yeah, but yeah so it's more general a more general incompatibility question like maybe secret as an mm -hmm. example yeah let me just uh, finish my thought on the last question yeah absolutely so we will do extra care in deciding which tokens um, be, will be part of our interchain system. We'll do even more care about what chains we deploy on, and we will put um, some kind of mechanisms and will allow um, the DAO or um, some other decentralized entity to make some kind of emergency circuit breakers. So that, for example, we see we have a liquidity up deployed on on Terra, and let's say Terra two collapses again. 
then uh, we can withdraw the funds back from or out of the system and basically cut off the dead arm. So there will be places or checks in place, but we cannot guarantee against or make any guarantees for a random blockchain failure or something weird. That just happens. Nothing, nobody can. And um, can you repeat your last question? What was it? The next yeah, question. that was a really that was a really good answer, by the way. That's that's kind of what I was figuring. There there are certain things in a, a truly sovereign, decentralized world that are out of control and can just be dealt with as best as possible. Um, next, yeah. like more general though, like barring you know a chain halt, um, just integrating either existing networks that might use a slightly different infrastructure, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. ones that might somehow deviate in the future. Yeah. Well, um, that's also a very great question. And we've, we've been talking about this a lot in the team. It's a very technical question. So I try to keep it as simple as, right, as quick as possible. Um, the answer is we're a, a rather small team. So we don't have the capacities to maintain 10 different versions of our contracts, one for each chain. So, um, but the Cosmos ecosystem and Cosmosm in, in particular makes it very easy for us to um, mitigate or deal or work with um, slightly incompatible versions because um, this whole interoperability thing is really a big part of the cosmos and it shows. So um, right now, um, Cosm Wasm released their, a couple of, I think a month ago or two, released their 1.0 version and both Secret Network, Juno and Terra have upgraded to this or are in the process of doing so and all updates after that until 2.0 will be backwards compatible so if if juno is a little bit faster than secret in the next updates no issue um second we so this kind of i hope that answers the question that there is a lot of interoperability at the technological level provided already and we can just use that and yeah. um, maybe to expand that a little bit on, because you're asking an in- interesting question, what happens with maybe different networks, not Cosmosm? What about FMOS? You know, it's EVM based. Yeah. And again, the beauty is that basically we can deploy our system wherever IBC is enabled. Because once we have IBC, we have interoperable, interoperable contracts, and then the system works. But of course, we would have to rewrite at least some, so the liquidity hubs and some of our entry points to the interchain command for that specific chain. So while on our very long, long, long-term roadmap, things like FMOS and maybe even Polkadot or um, AVAX, who you are... You read my mind. Yep. I was yeah, going to Yeah. They are also part of our very, very long-term roadmap. Once they have enabled IBC and we have, you know, ironed out this whole thing for the low-hanging fruits, namely the Cosm, Wasm, Cosmos SDK chains, um, then expansion is planned, it's possible, and we will do it. That's awesome. You you definitely kind of read my mind there because I we have we have one person in particular, we've heard it from a couple places, but there's one guy that pops into my Wednesday spaces pretty often who has been working for months now to bring like IBC to his 
I'm not too understanding of Polkadot. I think either his subchain or his product uh, or his project, whatever it is. But so, yeah, that stuff is coming. And that's really awesome to see that even though it is a good ways out and it'll definitely be a lot of work, it is on the, your guys' radar. Um, so uh, this one, I guess, just sort of more specific. Is something like this going to be possible on Secret or the upcoming like NIM network, like privacy-based ones? Or... Um. Generally, it's possible. Sorry. So generally, it's possible on every IBC-enabled chain that has contract capabilities. But as I said, we're focusing on the low-hanging fruits. That means we're only doing for for the first version or iteration of our protocol. Um, we start with Terra and Juno. Um, but as far as I know, Secret Network will be updating to Cosm Wasm 1.0, so they will be next in line probably. And then it pretty much depends on what we put our focus on and what ne- what's what's next. And this is you know towards the end of the year, and a lot of things can happen in between. But in general, every IBC enabled contract platform can be integrated into this interchain liquidity system. Cool. Sweet. So I have gotten a couple DMs. I know uh, I would encourage everyone, um, just as a recap, if you haven't already, to check out their sort of, uh, I think it's a medium post. Yeah, the Migalo uh, linked above. Or how do you pronounce? How do you pronounce? Migalo? Migaloo? Migaloo. Migaloo. Uh, yeah, check out that post. There's a lot of detail of everything we've been covering, as well as the answer to um, or I'm actually not sure if it got covered in too much, but so I know you guys have mentioned quite a few things. Um, yeah, coming soon, token airdrops. So prior whale like holders and stakers, plans for them. Um, yeah. Yeah, glad you brought that up because I wanted that in this space. I wanted to get that out there. A lot of people are asking. We've been saying it everywhere we can. Um, so, you know, basically, if you had whale, if you held whale in one way or another, whether you staked whale or you had a deposit on pylon or or whatever, um, you're going to be getting your whale tokens, right? So we have snapshots um, you know, we are going to airdrop one to one, you know, from our snapshot dates, we, we you know, to not only to every whale holder, so everybody that held whale, but also if you were a depositor, like, let's say you deposited a thousand UST in pylon and you had accrued, you know, I, I, I don't know, X amount of whale up to the snapshot date, you're going to get that amount of whale. You're going to get the, the amount of whale that you you had accrued up till the snapshot date. Um, so basically, everybody will get their whale back um, that they had up to our snapshot dates for one to one. Now, another thing that I like to throw in here, too, is that, um, you know, our POL right our protocol on liquidity which which we owned all of our liquidity and we had a deep pool um that will be excluded from the airdrop so it, you know that that could have been half of the circulating supply of whale right um you know we're talking maybe i, I don't know what the exact number it is but maybe 70 million whale tokens out of 135 cir- million thir- um circulating so um 
there initially there will be you know a significantly lower supply than there was um even at the end even even at the point of attack so take that for what it's worth you know obviously market conditions are are different now too um but we're looking at a, a supply significantly lower for um for the airdrop that's awesome and, and for what it's worth uh, you know, a, vi a vision that's significantly bigger, right? A, a protocol and, a, you know, a multi-chain deployed, you know, protocol and vision that's that's significantly bigger. So, yeah, you, you just took the words out of my mouth and say, and these new tokens represent more. Like, yeah. Um, so, and I guess if this is kind of a detailed answer, we don't have to get too into it. Um, with that sort of one-to-one -one airdrop, I think the logical follow-up question is, Aside from the fact that it's now going to be used for much more, so I'm sure there's some difference, how do the actual tokenomics differ? You just mentioned like at launch, the circulating supply will be much less, but um, yeah. emissions, inflation, all yeah. that stuff, yeah. is that pretty similar to the original well, model? Or? Well, no, it's not. I mean, there's so this V2 is a completely different model, right? It's a completely different model. Um, so I meant specifically the, as far as like tokenomics. Right, like just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so the model, the model, since the models changed, now the tokenomics will change um, fairly, fairly significantly as well, too. Um, you know, for example, we did not have any incentives, any LP incentives. We can't, we canceled because we owned our own pool, we canceled our LP in incentives, right? Um, and we focused on very low inflation for, for V1. Um, V2 admittedly will have a significant allocation for lp incentives to do things like we discussed to, to direct liquidity right to deepen pools right it, it you know it, it it in that sense tokenomics will will represent more similar um to to a dex in some ways right but um the short answer to your question is our you know everyone's going to get what they had you know in v1 all of our our original holders will get what they had um but there will be some fairly significant changes um to the to the rest of the of the token allocation um which you know we we haven't released the details yet we haven't finalized the details yet um they will it, it will be released you know we'll we, we will release it and and publish it in time um what i will say is that we're not in a super hurry right now to do the airdrop or the token uh, or to to release the token um, just because of the market, just because of where the market is. I mean, look at look at Astroport. I think Astroport, you know, Astro Token's trading at four cents right now, and they're spewing out rewards, they're spewing out liquidity incentives, and they're having a really hard time, to be frank. Um, you know, getting liquidity on chain on Terra, you know. So um, we we want to be efficient. We want to sort of gauge things. Um, you know, and and another thing too is we kind of rushed out our token in V1 um you know and and maybe jump the gun a little bit so you know we we want to make sure that we are um you know that that we're doing our airdrop and and all the token launches and all of the incentives um you know wisely and and efficiently timing wise so that's definitely one of the, the benefits of a bear it's like all the sort of stars align as far as making sure the old adage is true where better to get polished product than a rushed one so yeah um, definitely the right approach there and i would imagine that so the whale token will be 
the native token of your L1 command hub, correct? Um, I can't answer that with a yes so okay. far. But the way I guess my actual be... specific question yeah. I was asking that for is like when the first um, local chain, like on Juno and Terra, when those liquidity pools launch, will whale token be being dropped alongside them, or does that come later along with the uh, the like command hub? So we haven't really, or haven't don't have a concrete plan to release the token just yet, as Sebastian said, but the whale token will stay the token, the primary token of the protocol. Um, regardless if we deploy this command center on, on Juno or Terra or on our own blockchain. Um, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. Cool. Good clarity. Um, so once again, a couple new people popped in. Um, DMs are open if you guys want to ask questions. We're just kind of going through a couple now. Um, yeah, and to just touch on that too, um, yeah. you know, we, we talked about, we actually had this conversation earlier today. Um, technically, we don't need to do our airdrop, um, you know, and, and launch the token to um, open the, to deploy the first pools. Um, we, we technically can, can do that later. Can, you know, we, we can just launch the pools and they're not incentivized yet. Right. Um, and, and we could easily make those changes at a later date. So it's, it's not a, like we have to do the airdrop before launching the pools. Right. Um, but, but as Syncom said, we haven't, we haven't made final decisions yet on timing of the, of the airdrop. Cool. Yeah. I mean, just once again, and I could like definitely take time, get everything. Ready. I was just curious. Yeah. People are, but awesome. Um, so are there any major things you guys want to touch on that we haven't? Uh, I know when I brought up the token just then, Sebastian, you were like, yep, wanted to make sure we touched on that. Are there any other big points? Maybe the NFTs, Sebastian? Oh, yeah. Yeah, NFTs. So um, we are in the process now of airdropping um, a, a collection of NFTs. They were called the Guardian Whales. Um, we we rebranded them to sort of to the Fallen Guardians. You know, um, we had these, we had the art done, everything, um, planning on launching them on V1, and then the crash happened. So... Um, we're, we're going to airdrop them to our community um, as kind of a commemorative thing for the crash and just as a thank you to everybody that, that fought and defended the peg and all this stuff. Um, so that, that's going to be happening soon. That's pretty eminent. We're getting close there. And they are IBC enabled. They are um, 721 IBC. So like the, you, you could list these on IBC exchanges, you know, send them to you know, send them to Kepler, all, all that good stuff. And I think that'll be one of the first um, collections that you could do that with, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so along with the NFTs, you know, we've, we've finalized the drop as far as who qualifies, who's whitelisted for it. And it's basically going to be whale, uh, whale V1 stakers, pylon depositors, um, and, and UST vault depositors, um, and there, there's a, a balance. I think there's maybe a few hundred. So that that puts us at about I forget exactly, but you know, 9,700 NFTs being dropped or something like that. Now there's going to be a time a time limit on um on the drop. And so say 15, you have 15 days to to collect your your NFT, right? And um, 
the the balance we're expecting a balance and we're we're expecting some leftover nfts um so we are we are in talks now for how to distribute the balance of those nfts um and i would expect that we're going to end up doing something um with the juno community or the greater ibc you know the ibc cosmos community at large um you know some sort of drop some sort of event or giveaway um to to distribute these um these remaining nfts right because we are you know we're, we're not terramaxis anymore we are sort of breaking into um these other ibc communities um beginning with juno right so you know that's that's something to look out for you can follow us on twitter um and and see we'll 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 announce how we decide what the details are um very fairly soon but that's um that's coming down the pipe um pretty quickly awesome um i'm not even gonna try to pronounce this name a, a gibberish name of letters and numbers that's kind of an interesting question um these things aren't exactly related but still they say any chance of possibly expanding to things like Thorchain and Rango. So those aren't like necessarily IBC connected, so I don't know. And they also are quite different, but uh, an interesting question, I guess. Like maybe for the aggregation feature, at least. I don't know. Yeah, I'm happy to take that question. Just uh, to finish um, finish my thought on the NFTs, um, yeah. I want to add to Sebastian's uh, that uh, one of our developers is contributing in the ICS721 workgroup. They are responsible for the IBC-enabled NFT standards, and we will try to be one of the first, um, you know, just on the side, this is not our main product, just, just some occupation we do, um, try to have one of the first IBC-enabled um, NFT collections that will be traded on... On, on Terra, on Juno, on Stargaze, and whatever cool chains come up. Um, regarding the question you asked, again, my answer is IBC-enabled and some kind of smart contract platform are the um, prerequisite or are required for us to operate there on. Um, and in the medium term, we will only focus on Cosmwasm. And in the very long term, we plan to expand this to EVM-based um, chains. So if Rango or Thorchain or I forgot the other one do yeah, have Cosmwasm and IBC, they are a prime candidate candidate for a listing sometime end of the year. Yeah, and they don't necessarily. Like Rango is a multi-chain aggregator and then Thor is built on Cosmos SDK, and I don't know if they use Cosmosm, but don't have IBC. So, um, yeah, sounds like not not in your immediate priority list, that's for sure, if they're, if they're not going to be working on IBC across the board, which is makes sense. Um, what, I, what I will say to that, though, is we do see chains that are enabling IBC, right? And I, I expect that that trend to continue over time. Did we say, uh, is AVAX, is Avalanche doing, or is it in their roadmap? And I, I forget 
which other major chains? Yeah, yeah, there are like independent substrate chains of Polkadot or independent efforts. Yeah, trying to. So if that if that trend continues, which I I expect it to, we could just follow in those. You know, we could just follow those chains, follow in their footsteps, and and then we can aggregate them as they enable IBC. And yeah. just to add to that, I really hope that what we are building will also encourage encourage the expansion of IBC because uh, on AVEX2, there is no real interchain arbitrage happening, no interchain price stability. So, or on Polkadot, you know, it's even though it's a large ecosystem, um, it's still isolated from osmosis. And the larger we grow as um, with our liquidity flow system, the the bigger the networking effect will be yeah yeah i mean just to comment on that you know i i had a meeting with polygon last week right and um they they basically said listen we we really want you guys you know on polygon we we don't have anything like you we need it's a need right you'd be the only one doing doing what you're doing this arbitrage this price stability um we we need it right so i think that is a relevant point that um you know, we could we could open the door um, and see more more of these ecosystems um, enabling IBC, but we could so we could come in. Yeah, I mean, I think most most people probably in this space and who follow uh, any of us three up here are probably of that mindset that IBC is just going to win by matter of being technically superior, just given enough time. So, yeah, it sounds like you guys are positioned to take advantage of that as the trend kind of picks up. Um, my apologies too, though, that question I just kind of found sort of interesting. I didn't mean to uh, divert so quickly away from the NFT thing. I wanted to just add, I think you guys are actually one of the perfect candidates to um, be utilizing the, God, I forget the standard number, but interchain uh, IBC enabled NFTs um, because your kind of whole model going forward is a multi-chain thing. Um, and so far, like I, I haven't, I mean, we're still obviously in the infant stages, but uh, I haven't seen like too much use for IBC NFTs because most collections um, can kind of just live wherever. I know some like knots are just doing uh, different collections on different chains that are all kind of uh, part of the larger one. But uh, the way your overall platform uh, is operating and the approach you guys are taking to the inner chain, uh, it makes sense you guys would kind of pioneer or explore that pretty early on so very cool um yeah like i said i didn't mean to pivot so hard so if there's anything else you want to touch on with the nfts we definitely can but cool i will assume not all right um i think we got through most of the major major things we wanted to touch on um what are sort of next steps uh, as far as things people should look out for um whether it be major updates, uh, any rough ETA on white paper, uh, anything like that. Yeah, um, I can I can take this and Sencon, you can you can add whatever you feel I miss. But um, the NFTs are eminent. Um, those are we're, we're very close on those. Um, so you know we're talking we're talking days, not weeks um, for for that drop. We will be we will be releasing an updated light paper. I would say within the next um, two or three weeks, something something along those lines. Um, but but really, as far as the the launch, um, you know, the first big thing will be to launch the, um, the pools on uh, you know. So basically, we'll have hubs 
on on Tara and on Juno. Um, I think it's it's very fair to say that that will happen sometime in July. Um, we're hoping sooner or earlier in July rather than later. Um, so that's you know that would be the first step, the first big step. Um, you know, and then um, you know, and then we can go from there. So um, Sencom, I don't know if you want to add anything else to that. Um, not really. Um, after the pools, we'll focus on the flash loan vaults, which will probably um, come out in the month after that. So hopefully August. And then we basically have our, these liquidity hubs in their most simple form finished. And then we will start with the um, liquidity bridges. And um, well, that's you know, medium term. Awesome. Awesome. So I think I'll start wrapping us up here. If anyone wants to shoot any last questions or even request to come up and speak, um, feel free. But uh, just a big thank you to everyone who showed up. A uh, huge thank you to TerraSpaces for recording and for uh, anyone who might take this and translate it to other languages. You guys always rock. Um, and then thank you so much to the White Whale team for uh, both taking the time to do this and dealing with my awful time management skills today and starting a bit late. Um, I think it's super exciting what you guys have going. I think you guys have a lot of cool ideas and a pretty good uh, roadmap ahead of you as far as tackling them sort of one by one and making sure you get things right. So super excited to see you not only sort of surviving the Terra event and the bear market, but I truly believe um, starting a, a new era of thriving like in the greater cosmos. So really excited to see see what you guys come up with. Thank you very much for having us. Yep. Thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. So everybody have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Um, anyone you know might be interested in white whale, whether they were a prior whale holder, um, anything like that, feel free to share the recording for this space as well as their uh, Migalo paper above. Um, and stay tuned for more updates. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was White Whale and their future on the interchain, hosted by Tendermint Timmy, recorded on Monday, June 20th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show us a little bit. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay, checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows, but then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo, I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack Not everybody's always in it for the money Looking like another crooked Sunday and I'm working Monday So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods Amazed to play Inception, the base stay blessed See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties Huge sums of money that go to the record label per playback Can seem insultingly small Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent the actual artists say they're making pennies, pennies, pennies per play until they can figure
figure out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 pennies. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence, like we forgot how to choose. That's what happens when people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog Like a fake mate and call at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit, trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music Imagine a world in which an old dying man's last dying wish is fulfilled. Alexa, can you play that one sci-fi space where he clowned all the Safe Moon and XRP bag holders and then told everyone to buy Luna because it was going to a thousand? I'm I'm confused why we're not talking about the fact that you can easily like. 300x your money on XRP. Like, you know, I son, I remember a time. Alexa, enough. I'm trying to reminisce now. I remember a time before Terra Spaces existed when things that were said on random Twitter spaces would just get lost to the proverbial black hole of time. Time. That's the best bet. Uh-uh. Why isn't Luna in wind turbines? Hey, guys, though? I'm reading all about these wind guys, turbines. Guys, do you mind if I explain Cardano a little bit? Because I've been in Cardano since like 2018, and I can give you a full breakdown. Um, just when you thought it was safe to shill shit coins. Oh my god, you guys. I don't know what to do. So much blood. It's so red. From the creators of Your Exit Liquidity, in association with We All Love to Hear Ourselves Talk, Inc. For more information, go to terraspaces.org slash donate. Terraspaces.